It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? What's up, classmates? Welcome to Lax Class here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for episode 102 of Lacrosse Classified. It's Jay Kelly, it's Brad Challoner with you back on another Tuesday here on the Lacrosse Flash. And a great episode lined up for you. As per usual, we're going to kick off something new, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Let's get you in here, Bradley. Uh, happy Monday. I know there's like a NFL football game on in the middle of the day. I'm looking forward to that. How's your Monday going? How was the weekend? Going good, man. It's... um. It's the it's the self care kind of type of time of year, mm. I think. You know, we talk really manscape, manscape self care is out. Oh, you can always you always talk manscape self care. Okay. Um, no, but I think it's just the kind of year where you know weather seasons are changing here in Vancouver. Work is really busy, so it's kind of just about staying home with the fam and staying healthy and making sure that during this COVID time that and people are still working from home and still being isolated away from their their friends and family that you don't forget to to pick up the phone and, and talk to someone you haven't talked to in a while or safely have someone sit in your backyard if you can. Um, or pick it's gonna up. Be the, a, it's p- going to be a, it's going to be a gray next couple months here in Vancouver. I don't know what it's like elsewhere, but I know that we get into this real gray time in October and November weather wise. It has a lot of effect on people. So yeah, it's true. It's time to take, it's time to take care of yourself, get out there for a run, hit the box, do what you can. But, uh, and, and, and see some friends safely and socially distantly. This PSA brought to you by the coronavirus in 2020 by Bradshaw. Pick up your phone, listen to a podcast as well uh, if, if you're not doing anything. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, so what did you get up to on the weekend? What would you do? Literally, I don't think that we did anything. No, nope. was like, that's it nothing was wrong like with movie, that. Movie weekend, I picked up a book and read a few chapters. I did some work. I went for a run yesterday to just to get out of the house for a couple hours. What are you reading? But that was basic. That was basically it, man. It was pretty, pretty low key in the flatlands. What are you reading? You? Um, I'm reading. Go ahead. Uh, I don't. I can't remember the title of it. Exploring the frontier <laughs> or something. It's a must, really good book. Must be a real page turner. <laughs> uh, it's about uh, about a family who family who runs off to actually. Okay, here. If you really want the story, yeah, yeah. I yeah. went for a walk the other night, and you know, you walk by those. Um, those community book boxes that yeah. people build outside of their house where yeah. it's like, take a book, leave a book. Right. And I don't know. I just, I walk by this thing all the time when I go for walks. And for some reason on that particular night, I was drawn to the box <laughs> and I walked over and this book was sitting there. And I'm like, Hey, that looks interesting. Never really paid attention to the community book box before. <laughs> did you leave a and book? Grab this book. You I did? did not leave. Oh, I, I'll go, re- I'll return it once I'm done with it. But it, I felt like, I felt like, hey, this book wants to be read okay. by me. Well, it's, about uh... a family, it's about a family who it's about a family who packs up and moves to Alaska. So maybe maybe the world, the universe is trying to tell me something. Okay. I don't know. Well, uh, I'll expect a detailed review once you you finish that novel of yours. I uh, I actually did something I have never done before in my forty seven years of living here in the Lower Mainland, and that was take a little trip out to Fort Langley. I, I can't I can't believe I've never been out there. Uh but but uh 
Danny's daughter, Owen, had a, had a lacrosse game. She's playing goal this year for her Surrey Warriors. So that was a lot of fun to go watch her play. And then I figured we were out in Langley. I said, why don't we go to Fort Langley? I've never been to Fort Langley. Danny couldn't have been more excited to, to take me there. And to top it all off, Brad, there was a farmer's market going on in Fort Langley that day. So it was like the, the double extravaganza. It was just a was that Was that Cranberry Festival? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. There was a real cool it, uh, candy shop there, though, uh, that, that I put a pretty good oh, dent trading, in. Trading Post Brewery. They were great friends of the Vancouver Stealth and yeah. our LEC days. They've got a great spot there. Um, they got a couple like antique stores you can go vintage. Oh, it's beautiful, man. A lot and, of oh, people. It's a, it's a, a lot of people, but a nice little stroll along the river and uh it was it was a great day. Got to watch some lacrosse, which was good for the good for the soul, and um had a nice weekend myself. So that was that, and uh, we got a great program lined up, as I mentioned, and, and we're going to kick off a brand new series here on Lacrosse Classified. We were talking about it. What should we do? What should we do? Well, we you came up with the idea, and you're always so good at this. Um, we are going to talk to people that are either already in the Hall of Fame, potentially could end up in the Hall of Fame. We're going to talk to the guy that's behind the relaunching of the Hall of Fame, Calls to the Hall is what we're calling this, and we're going to start things off by talking to Mike French, who is really kind of spearheading the resurrection, the reopening, the relaunching, if you will, of the Hall of Fame, uh, owner of the New England Black Wolves as well, Hall of Famer in his own right, Mike French. What a resume for this guy. I'm looking forward to this conversation with Mike French, and then we're going to go and talk to a current NLL Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever get in between the pipes, number 35 in your Lucky Philly Wings program, and the god of goaltending, Hall of Fame netminder 35, Dallas Elliott will join us here later on as well. Mike French, Dallas Elliott coming up. This is going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Dallas Elliott is such a, a colorful character. He was when he played and, you know, as much so now that he that he's retired and still part of it. He's down in Portland. So I'm really curious as how how his life's going right now. Portland has been a, a messy, messy, wild place in the USA in the last in the last few months. So how's Dallas and the family keeping down there? Um, can't wait to talk to him. And then, yeah, Mike French, you know, just pulling up the Wikipedia page on Frenchie before <laughs> prepping to talk to him today. And it is insane. Like NCAA champ at Cornell, um, although his Cornell teams are in the late seventies are known as like the greatest, one of the greatest lacrosse teams of all time. There was one championship game that Frank Gifford was on the call for, and he called it the greatest sporting event he ever saw. It was a Cornell overtime win in the NCAA wow. tournament. And apparently Mike French did not play field lacrosse until he was a, a freshman at Cornell and then went on to have a legendary career and put up a million points in the NCAA world champion with team Canada. And then has done just as much good behind the scenes over the years. So looking forward to that. Well, you pretty much just butchered my complete intro for him after reeling off that entire resume. I guarantee it is his teammates called him Frenchy too. So I don't know if we're well, allowed I'm to do missing, that. But I'm to... missing a bunch. I didn't even talk about his NLL playing or his, <laughs> or his uh, MSL playing either. So, okay. 
Well, uh, more and lots to talk about with Mike French and Dallas Elliott, of course. That will be coming up here in quarters two and three on episode 102 of Lax Class. So look forward to that. Of course, we'll have uh, our boy Jim Else back for another editorial, something else. It's a good one this week, so stay tuned for that. Quick Sticks coming up, of course. And the other new thing that we're going to do here on Lacrosse Classified moving forward for the next few weeks is something called the Stampede Stallion. Now, before I let you kind of run with this here, Brad, i got to let you know Stampede Tack where Stampy Attack and Westerwear carries one of Canada's largest selection of Wrangler jeans. I know you're a big fan of these, Brad. Men's, ladies, kids. For men, they have everything from the classic cut cowboy jean to the premium Demon Georgia straight as well. Stretch fit, retro fit, all of it at Stampy Attack and Western Wear out there in Cloverdale since 1966 at the corner of Highway 10. And you can also shop online. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. I got to get back out to, to Stampede and just take a peruse around the store, man. It is the, one of the coolest stores I've ever been in. Stampede.ca, check it out. Shopping online, still shopping local. The Stampede Stallion of the Week, Brad Challoner. Tell me, tell me what this is all about. So today, today is all about positivity. And then however long we do this feature until the league kicks off again, it will be all about positivity. So quite honestly, and quite often, we don't really recognize a player, give player proper credit until they retire or they get injured and they're not playing for a while or they hit a thousand point milestone or something like that. So, and then we look back on their career and talk about, Oh, this guy was underrated and look what, look what he did. And no one ever talked about him, but this is our chance to talk about those guys as it's happening, shining a light on sort of your underdogs or your quiet superstars while we can, while they are still playing in the game, while they have years in front of them. It's just about giving sort of proper respect to guys who might not get it all the time. Um, so prime example, our first Stampede Stallion is Steph LeBlanc. 800 points in the National Lacrosse League, and no one talks about Steph LeBlanc. Yeah. He's been one of the most consistent lefties of his era, uh, you know, was a rookie of the year in the league. And then that was kind of it as far as accolades go, but he's pretty much guaranteed 25 goals and 60 assists and 80, 90 points every single year was a legend in Toronto. Um, you know, picked up where he left off in new England has a great chance now living in Halifax being signed by the Halifax Thunderbirds to make some noise in that offense with, with Benny and, and Cody Jameson and, and the like there. But no one ever talks about Steph LeBlanc. And he just has quietly gone about his business, has put up numbers consistently, you know, is not an in-your-face kind of guy, but goes about the game the right way. And he's a big team guy, to, to, to quote a phrase. But I just like the way that he's always gone about his business. And today's about giving props to those kind of guys. So Steph LeBlanc, it's been a pleasure to watch you play over the years, my man. Um, keep putting up numbers in Halifax. Yeah, off to Halifax, and I know he's living out there now, which will be a, a shorter commute and, and probably end up in more production for Steph when, when he doesn't have that long travel to New England now. But he's a perennial 70-point guy, and, you know, like he hit a couple of big numbers, 93 in 2019 with the Wolves, 82 in his rookie year, uh, 93 in 2014. But you look at the career totals here, 
870 points, man, and averaging over four points per game in his entire career uh, that has lasted a decade here. So I think we got a long list of guys, and I'd I, like just thinking in my head, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but like I, I could think of like seven, eight, nine guys easily that, that we could talk about in this regard here. That, And I think it's probably because Steph isn't a, a loud bombastic kind of guy right just goes about his business he doesn't do a whole lot of talking even when he when he scores a a big goal it's not a whole lot of celebrating it's you know a high five here and back to the bench get ready for the next shift and just a work not a a big not a big media guy not a big social media guy he just kind of lays low and and contributes Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic player, Steph LeBlanc. He's going to fit right in there in Halifax with that group. And I honestly think he might have one of his most productive years ever here coming up in in 2021. We shall see. But for this week, Steph LeBlanc, you are our Stampede Stallion. Uh, there you go. There's our first Stampede Stallion. And we'll have this coming back in, in quarter one for episodes to come. Along with our new segment, Calls to the Hall, which we are going to get to here momentarily as episode 102 of Lacrosse Classified rolls on right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Mike French coming up next. Keep it right here. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Tyler Pace of the Calgary Roughnecks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Into the second quarter we go. We just heard from our good friends at Associated Labels and Packaging at AssociatedLP.com, as in labels and packaging, focusing on people, ethics, quality, and of course, family owned down there in Coquitlam by Sean Ashworth and the gang over 40 years at Associated Labels and Packaging, always with the environment in mind, always updating their weekly blog on their newest products and solutions that they have to keep the environment in mind for the best in the business when it comes to labels and packaging. Now join the podcast for the first time. Mike, you've been around since day one. I feel like I've been around a long time. We've never had a chance to have this conversation, so I'm really looking forward to it. I could spend probably seven, eight minutes running down your lacrosse resume, so I won't do that, but we have a ton of things to talk about as we welcome Mike French to the to the program. He's chairing the committee on the Hall of Fame relaunch and, of course, the 50% majority owner of the New England Black Wolves as well. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for doing this. How's things? Well, thanks for having me, Jake. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting topic, the Hall of Fame committee, uh, the Hall of Fame uh, program that we're launching uh, this year because, unfortunately, with all the, the moving pieces with, uh, you know, a commissioner that came in, almost three or four years ago, um, we've been kind of dormy since 2016. Yeah. And at every uh, uh, Board of Governors meeting that we have, all the owners are very, you know, it always comes up that we got to get this thing back up and running. We got to recognize our players. We've got actually like, I think there's 22 people, some of uh, unfortunately passed away that are 
are in the Hall of Fame. It's, you know, the smallest one by far. And so we want to make sure that we get it up and running and we, and we do it in the correct manner. So, Mike, what's your what's your exact sort of title and involvement with with the Hall of Fame getting going again? We're hearing it's going to be by the end of this year, some news coming. But, you know, how did you get to be the guy you, know, you were inducted yourself years ago? How did you get to be the guy who's sort of spearheading the uh, the revamp? Well, it was Nick's idea. You know, I, I think it started when we 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 dealt with the the uh, team awards too. you know, the awards that are given out by the league and how that's done. And I think that a lot of real good things have been done, but in, in some ways, I don't think that the, the process and the participation by enough uh, different subgroups of people has been uh, included that would make the process, I think, uh, you know, much more uh, unbiased. You know, as you guys know, we got Easterners, we got Westerners, we got Americans, we got Canadians, we've got, uh, you know, it, it, we got coaches and general managers, most of which are Canadian. And so one of the reasons, one of the things that I want to do when the commissioner asked me to look into it uh, was make our, our process uh, more in line with the best practices of uh, the other professional leagues. So I think, I think one of the things that makes some of those other leagues successful uh Mike is a lot of the a lot of media and a lot of writers and that get to you know you think of Major League Baseball the NHL there's a lot of media coverage uh, unbiased opinions guys who didn't have teammates or were coached by somebody have a have a big sway in the voting on on Hall of Fames and things of that importance with our league it's a little bit different because it's growing and media coverage is still yet to come there's not a ton of us who cover this league on a on, on a full, we're not even on a full-time basis essentially, but covered even as much as Jumbo and I do. So, you know, is that, is that part of it? Like how do you get the right unbiased voices in there when we haven't had the media exposure that those other leagues have had over the years? Well, yeah. And, and, and it, it's going to evolve from year to year um, how we do that. But, um, and you know, there's a, I'm probably, well, first thing we did is we selected a, a, a committee which uh, is up, you know, like other former Hall of Famers and you know who they are, you know, uh, Patty Coyle, Steve Dietrich, uh, Beltman, uh, Tavares. I think I got them all and myself. Um, so they're already in the Hall of Fame and they've been around a long time. Unfortunately, not as long as me because, you know, <laughs> you guys have been, you guys seem like you've been around a long time, but there's a lot of players that, you know, that could be candidates that you've never seen. And so you're right. So what we, we have seven media members this year. We have, uh, I think it's going to be 22 um, former Hall of Famers who we hope will all vote. Mike, is there a place yeah. where we can see those 22 Hall of Famers? Does that list live somewhere? Yeah, 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 yeah that's that's listed. I'll, I'll make sure you get that. You should you should, you should have that. I should. I think I think all of our fans should have that, Mike. I think it's on it's on the league website, Jumbo, and it's on Wikipedia. But again, that's that's part of the conversation. It's not as bold and prominent as it should be. You kind of got to dig around, but but that info is out there. Well, yeah, and and uh, then we have the teams, the fourteen teams, and so what we wanted to do is before it was basically the fourteen teams that that made a lot of the decisions. Now a lot of the decisions were the ones that were the correct ones, but now we've got, you know, over 40 people that will be involved in a vote and, and the vote will be, um, you know, where it's a lot better when you have a more diverse group. Now, 
we may expand as our media, you know, uh, gets bigger and better, which we hope it will do, will get, get bigger and better. We will maybe expand the number of media members we have, but we also wanted to try to be, you know, we had a clean slate here and we wanted to make sure that we had some geographic distribution with our media people. I'm just the same with, you know, the Hall of Famers are the Hall of Famers. The teams are the teams. That's where they are. So we wanted to get some geographic distribution. We wanted to give some recognition to the, obviously uh, those people who have been covering us the longest as well. And, you know, so this is our first kind of kick at the can. And we think we're going to get, um, um, you know, the results of the catch up phase, meaning we're looking at, we're looking at um, bringing in a, our biggest class by far ever. Um, the catch-up phase, um, I think, is going to be pretty critical because we're kind of uh, paving the way to how we're going to do this, do this in the future. I, I would also say that we're also going to be having some those at-large um, members, which I think I mentioned when we guys were, when we were on the phone before, which are, yeah. you know, the U.S. Uh, you know lacrosse uh, coach from the national championship team, men's and women's, and uh, an indigenous member as right. well. So, yeah, and speaking with Mike French here, chair of the, the, the Hall of Fame relaunch and, and from the New England Black Wolves as well. And and I guess, you know, you, you mentioned the catch-up phase. And, and I think something that, that's kind of gone unaddressed is the criteria. Like, how long are we talking before somebody becomes eligible for the Hall of Fame? How long are we talking for maybe guys that – have been passed over from yesteryear. Are they still eligible to get in? How do you compile that list? Is it through the two committees and, and nominating guys, or how does all that work, Mike? You know, guys, it's it's going to be um, uh, it's going to be a good process. There may be a couple of bumps in the road, and we, we might learn from that. But I think the process is really, um, you know, we've outlined you know the attributes for the player, you know, and the player's attributes are obviously um, tenure. You, you've had to play, you know, for a while and, you know, obviously sportsmanship, character, uh, contributions to the, their team and, and the NLL, you know, and, and a lot of us look at it and, and I'm not doing this in a vacuum. I'm talking to, you know, um, four other members on our committee that are four of the best players that have, we've already ha ever had in our league. Um, and, you know, we're looking at uh, intangibles, um, you know, statistical and, and, you know, what they've done. But principally, one of the things is tenure and championships won. So is there a, is there a waiting period, though? So say like a guy like John Grant Jr. who hasn't played played in a few years, like does he, is, does he have to wait three or four years or can he get in the following year? Is there a, a, a template on, on how a guy becomes eligible? You have to be out two years. Okay. And this is going to all be finalized and, and I'll make sure it's on the website because I got the final draft and it's been gone. And we, we've looked at it from a legal perspective. We looked at it from a fairness perspective. It'll be, it'll be out there very, very soon, but two years, unless the committee, which is the, uh, the nominating committee, which is the five guys plus the commissioner, unless the nominating committee feels that an exception should be made. Like, like, like and, and, and then you have to also talk about professional leagues. We, we, we're viewing the three professional leagues as the outdoor leagues in the U.S. and, and the NLL. Right. And so a guy like uh, John Grant, you know, I, I don't think anybody's 
not going to think that he should be a Hall of Famer. You know, we're, <laughs> if they don't, they should. I'd, I'd argue that. I'd argue that. Show me the evidence. So, I, you know, I, I think there's a high likelihood that even though he played in the MLL, that um, I know from my standpoint as a chair, he'd be a guy that we'd recommend that we, we would, you know, waive the two year right. period for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing, if we go through sort of step-by-step is it starts with the nomination committee would be the five plus the commissioner. So a six person nomination committee that then goes to uh, the voting committee, which is seven media members, the teams um, and the and the current hall of famers that are in there right now. Is that correct? And, and the three at large and the three at large. Okay. And is there any, um, you know, especially for the media guys, cause I know this is always fun for, for online debate and that, but is there any, is there any talk in keeping these votes accountable so you know who people are nominating for in like a in a one, two, three sort of ranking basis, just so you know that where these votes are coming from and, and holding everybody accountable? Well, we we're we are going to do it. This is going to be like, you know, um, uh, a Price Waterhouse tab- tabulating the votes for, uh, you know, the Oscars. We're going to have, you know, each member is going to be able to vote um, and your vote's going to count once. And I've been, there's going to be no discretion. I'll tell you where there will be discretion. There'll be no discretion on the, the if there's 45 votes. And, um, the, and I also should mention that um, one of the things that I really was for was that we don't have defenders in there. So we're, we're looking to put in three O guys, three D guys, and two builders in this upcoming year. We may add more. But the, so so when you when you the media members vote, the teams vote, all the votes come in. The the top three D and the top three O. The numbers will be what the numbers are, and we just wanted to make sure there was more people, so there would be more balancing done. The numbers will be what the numbers are, and I think you're going to find that, you know, there's, there's pretty obvious. If there's some contributors that are not in the Hall of Fame that played 15 years and you know, five championships. So um, that's going to be the first six. And we're going to have three deep defenders in there. Can I take it a step further, Mike, and, and discuss goaltenders, coaches? Right. Uh, is there is there room for these guys as well? Well, you're going to get you're going to get the list of who's going to be in that category. That's what that's what the uh, nominating committee does. Right. Okay. And um, we're going to try to try to be be fair. I can tell you that, um, and this is unanimous amongst the selection of the um, nominating committee, uh, the five plus the commissioners that we have some referees that have never been recognized. Right. Right. You know, I mean, guys that ref for 20 years back when refereeing was, you know, uh, you know, a dollar ninety-eight a game, and you know it was it was tough, tough uh, duty. Oh, that's so, what those guys deserve nowadays, anyways, <laughs> Frenchie. <hey? laughs> a lot of people would agree with you on that. So you know, we're gonna we're gonna put that list together, and you know, I think that um, you know, obviously, we're, we're get relying a lot on the data collection of the league and the information they're getting, but we're we're going to make sure that a we get a. a balance amongst offense and defense. And then uh, from the discretionary standpoint, if, and this has nothing to do with the point index, but, you know, in discussing this with, with Nick and Jessica, if the committee, the nominating committee feels that there's a candidate that, um, you know, didn't get the points um, that 
to, to, to qualify, then if there's a strong enough opinion amongst the committee, we can add that person to the list. Okay. So that could be a seventh person. And there's another category, which is the discretion of the um, nominating committee for veterans, which like you said, I think one of you, J Jacob, Brad, you said guys that have been overlooked in the past. Yeah, and I think that's real important, Mike. You know, I mean, I don't know how many guys you want to put on that list, but I mean, in our 35 year history, I think if you go back through it, there's at least seven, eight, ten guys that deserve right. to be in that just didn't make it for right. whatever reason. It's it, it, it was so hard to get in. It was so hard to get in. I remember when Tracy Kaluski got in. You know, we had this stupid thing where you had to have seventy-five percent of it. So we 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 think that with having the 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 selection committee is going to be critical in getting the first six people in. And you know we're you know, as far as the veterans go, we can do, we can do up to two, you know, it's, we're playing catch up, Let, let's face it. We're playing catch up, yeah. but there are some people that I think have been, you know, maybe somewhat unfairly because of our prior, prior methodology we employed, uh, left off the list just simply because not because they weren't, weren't deserved, but we were letting like maybe one or two people in a year, maybe three at the most. And, you know, we only had, we had, we had a somewhat of a, uh, a limited sample of, from the voting side of it. So um, we may change what we're doing going forward, but I think this is a pretty good you know, way to start it off and get us back on track. Last one for me here, Mike Webb. We heard Nick say it on, on Teddy's podcast this week that, you know, it's really, really no plans for, for brick and mortar right now, because, you know, if you're in Los Angeles or Vancouver, you want to see that hall of fame, but I'll just take that a step further. Are there maybe plans for a roving Hall of Fame where maybe the Hall comes to Rogers Arena a couple games a year, then goes to the ACC and sort of bounces around? Is that something we could look at? Well, I don't know exactly what we talked about in our last call about, you know, we need to find a home. We need to find a home. And um, I don't know where it is. I don't know if we're going to be like a traveling show. These things are heavy to move around the, the, what we've done in the past. We don't know if we're going to do the same thing in the past with these bronze bus these big heavy things yeah. that are in storage probably uh, somewhere but you know i think it would be good to do it i just don't know what the certainly with where we are with what's going on in, in, in the world today transporting stuff around is difficult yeah. we just want i just want to get to back to st Catharines and visit my 92 year old mom right so yeah. um you know so but i we do want to we do ultimately want to find a, a permanent home for him and I, I think that that's on the list, but not on the immediate one. All right, Mike French, just before we, we let you go, when can our fans expect an announcement coming of who the potential next class going into the Hall of Fame will be? Well, right now, um, we've got a list of about, I think it's about 18, 18 or 20. Um, and um, we are now, um, the league office is putting together Video that you can imagine some of these players, you know, that go back, you know, some of the video is, you know, not that great. So they're putting together a video and they're putting together, you know, YouTube stuff. They're digging up whatever you can get, you know, can you find it for, you know, the obvious map? Maybe a lot of it, yep. but we're trying to make sure that we find it and defenders sometimes just don't get as much airtime as they deserve. Well, we're having Dallas Elliott on next. I don't know if uh, you've checked out his YouTube channel or not, uh, Frenchie, but he's got like, games from 25 30 years ago yeah. on there uh, that he, that he posts up all the time 
Well, you know what, uh, Joel Feld, I, I, I gave him his name. I, and I also, when I was at, at we had a guy, Tom Worsdorfer, who I'm sure Dallas remembers. This guy filmed everything yeah. back from 74, 75. And so, and they were all VHS or what do they call them? VCR things. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. He, he, he was, he'd come into every game and he would do stuff. And, and so I had him put them all on disc, you know, when I was still involved with the wings and I just shipped them off to the, the league. Cause you know, going through that's got, that's like watching paint drive for some of that stuff. But um, I think I think we're going to be able to find it, but Dallas is definitely a, a resource that I, that I passed on to Joel. And I know he's got a lot of that stuff. I gave it well, all. To them. <laughs> right. I joke looking at the list of current Hall of Fame members because, uh, you know, if you were a goaltender that had a good career, you, you got in for a while. There's a lot of goalies in the Hall of Fame. We're going to have Dallas Elliott gone next, as Jake mentioned. You coached him. You owned the team that he played for. Uh, you got a quick Dallas story you could uh, regale us with before we throw to him? Hey, nobody better on the planet in goal than Dallas, right? Uh, coming from the guy who recommended we, we, um, we draft uh, Max Seabold instead of Matt Fink. <laughs> so, so, so i didn't they didn't have it takes a big man to admit that mike that takes a big man but, to admit that yeah well i, I think matt bink has told me a couple of times you know about that one yeah. but anyways <laughs> I, it was a it was a suggestion not a mandate but anyway um no dallas was uh, obviously uh, you know critical to for a lot of the championships that wings had great guy great character um you know funny um intense um, bit of a mean streak in him as well, hey? Like he liked the oh, violence a little bit. Well, you saw his stick swinging. Yeah. Oh, I felt oh, his yeah. stick swinging. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, you if you want to ask him, you want to ask him about uh, one thing, and you may know about this, but the one thing that you you, you should hear him respond to is his barf bag collection. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I, I, yeah. Uh, I will. I will bring that. It's on up. the list. It's on <laughs> the list. Ask him about the bar. The we'll bar ask him bar. also if he if he thought Vat Vince was coming to steal his job, and that's why he didn't want you to draft him. <laughs> no. Right. No. Dallas was a major contributor for a number of championships. Of Philly. Well, I appreciate uh, you spending a little time talking about the Hall of Fame here on Lax Class. Uh, best of luck with your Black Wolves when things get going again, hopefully here, fingers crossed, uh, early in 2021. And uh, we should catch up and do this again soon. I had a lot of fun, Mike. Thanks a lot. Anytime, guys. Take care oh, thank of yourself. You. There you go. There was Bye -bye. Mike French, who will chair the the committee, the Hall of Fame committee, also 50% owner of the New England Black Wolves. He's been around, Brad since day one with the Philly Wings before moving to New England. And uh, this guy has seen it all when it comes to the National Lacrosse League. Yeah, he's what we call a lifer. He's uh, NCAA. He's he's in Canada. He's a world champion with Team Canada. He's an NLL legend on and off the floor. Uh, total lifer. So appreciate Mike French joining us today. As do I, and hopefully you do as well. Good conversation there. Looking forward to our next one here as well as we move into the third quarter and talk to the god of goaltending. Dallas Elliott coming up next here on Lax Class, episode 102, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Carl Christensen, Commissioner of the BC Junior A Lacrosse League. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. 
Welcome back to Lax Class, episode 102. Now into the third quarter we go. And in the third quarter here, we continue our new segment here on Lax Class, Calls to the Hall. And of course, it's brought to you by Stampede Tech and Western Wear, Canada's largest Wrangler dealer. And they offer everything for men, ladies, and kids. Need some jeans? We have them in a large variety of styles, colors, and sizes. How about a classic-looking Western shirt? Maybe some pearl snap buttons? They have those, too. Jean jackets, of course. Flannel shirts, you bet. Stampede Tack and Western Wear, located in Cloverdale, Cloverdale excuse me, since 1966, or online, stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. And the online store open 24-7. And now joined by a Hall of Fame goaltender, multiple NLL champion, Man Cup champion as well. A guy that I don't think I ever scored a goal on in my playing <laughs> career. And one number 35 in a god of goaltending, Dallas Elliott now on the podcast. Dallas, we've been kind of kicking this around for a bit and... I've wanted to have you on the podcast for quite some time. Welcome to Lax Class. Thanks for doing this. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Our, our play. Oh, hey, uh, let's not get carried away here. Uh, you <laughs> are, are down in Portland, and it's been absolutely nuts down there. And Brad wants to ask you about that. But uh, let's start off with this. We just got off uh, the horn here with Mike French, and we said, you know, give us a good Dallas story before we let you go. And he said, well, he goes, I have a bunch of those, but he goes, I, I want you to ask Dallas about his barf bag collection. Do you want to tell, him, tell the people? this what is this about uh <laughs> just one of my many art endeavors on you know back in the day with all the traveling spending time waiting the board flights canceled flights etc on flights i would collect barf bags and do caricatures of our of my teammates okay and you know there were certain situations or or scenarios over the years that I remembered certain players doing certain things. One thing pops to mind was our brawl, a bench clearing brawl against Detroit. So I did a bunch of our players scrapping with the turbo players. And it's uh, essentially a caricature collection of, of the teammates over a, a three or four year span. Okay. Okay. On, on still, barf bags, of course. You, yeah. And you still have this in your, in your collection? I somewhere? do. Yeah. It's bound. Uh, one of our players at the time, I think it was, no. Gary Martin uh, took them all, scanned them, and bound them. So I'm, I'm gonna, I hope to dig that up one of these days and throw it on Instagram. Yeah, and you, you're kind of <laughs> like a big, kind of like comic guy and, and caricature guy. Like you like you, you're you're kind of into all that sort of stuff. Well, it was you know, you know, on road trips, guys like to play cards. I was I've never was never a card guy, so I pull out the doodle pad and start drawing caricatures. So what's what's the family dressing up as for Halloween this year? Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> you got eleven My days son to figure wants to it out. Get dressed up as a bunch of clowns, uh, but uh, it looks like Halloween will be canceled. It seems to be that uh, is well, the tone here. People had a pretty good idea. Just you know, going up, ringing the doorbell, take a step back, and just hold your lacrosse stick out and, and drop the candy in the pocket. <laughs> I think that would work out pretty yeah, nicely. You know, I've seen footage of 
fancy apparatuses, how they're going to get candy out to the kids and everything. Well, lacrosse you know, stick. It would be a shame if it doesn't happen. Yeah, it would be. More candy in a goalie stick, too. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'll, I'll mention it here, Dallas. You being down in Portland, and you kind of finish off your career with the Lumberjacks down there, and you just stayed down there. But, what, you know, what we've been seeing here leading up to the election down south has been absolutely insane going down in Portland. How are how are you and the family doing down there? What's the temperature down down in Portland right now? And and like, are you are you keeping safe and out of trouble down there as well? Yeah, of course. We're uh, where everything is happening is on the other side of the river, right downtown in the heart of the city. We're uh, we're in the southeastern side, so we're across the river and pretty much safe from from all the happenings. Yeah. Good. Do you think do you think well, a team? could end up back in Portland. Like that was where I called my very first national lacrosse league game back. in I want to say, Oh seven, you were still on the oh, team. I kidding. believe Derek Keenan's still on the team. All three Morgan brothers, uh, Danny Dawson on that squad as well. Um, so that was my very first game I called down there, but like I, I had a great experience. The crowd was good. And I know things just kind of went sideways with the ownership a little bit where the daughter just said enough's enough, but, I don't know. It seemed like a market to me where the National Lacrosse League could really thrive. Oh, for sure. You know, I, I can't remember the exact numbers of our season ticket holders, but I want to say we were up around 9K. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's more than enough, right, to keep operations going. It, it uh, kind of coincided with the crash of the real estate market. You know, uh, Angela was awesome. She was a fantastic owner to play for and I can't say enough good things about her but you know when when things went sideways with real estate and property her dad had a lot of properties that uh, you know rather than deal with the lacrosse team it was a better I think a better business hit to uh, to fold up shop Dallas this is our uh, calls to the hall series we're sort of talking to NLL hall of famers leading up to what hopefully will be announcement of uh, the plans for the hall. We just heard Mike French talking to a little less about what the hall of fame is going to look like for the national lacrosse league going forward. But this is us kind of going back in time and, and talk to guys who have been there. So let's go back to, to early days of you kind of getting your start uh, here in the lower mainland where Jumbo and I both live and, and reside. Um, you know, anybody who saw you play very unique style for a goaltender, especially compared to the goaltenders now super athletic and 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 jumping all around but super effective where did that style for you develop as a youngster uh, facing your first shots yeah that's a great question you know i uh i uh, i grew up watching dave evans he did a uh, he played for the vancouver barrards back in the day and he came to uh the van east community center uh where i played minor lacrosse and he held a goaltending clinic and you know it's it's his fundamentals, you know, watch the ball center your body to the ball. And he used to throw his body at every shot. That's the way he used to play. So if someone threw the ball low glove, I mean, he threw his body down there to try and make that save. So when he did that clinic with me, he left an impression. And I found uh, using that style of play, when I played, the crowd would, would cheer and, Oh, you know, so, uh, uh, someone, when I was at the minor age, we were in a tournament, tournament out in North Shore, and it was a minor league, you know, from Tyke all the way up to intermediate. And I remember winning. That was a, a big moment for me in my minor career was winning the goaltender award for that tournament. And I mean, I'm just a little kid, and uh, someone 
during the announcement referred to me as a grandstand goaltender and it, you know and it was it was true as a kid and i guess it translated well into my adult uh, career that when that was a full house or a lot of fans i particular i played particularly well so and then that's that started as a kid and it was dave evans really that left left a lasting imprint and he, he, when i got up into junior and intermediate uh metke dwight metke was the guy that yeah. that i used to like watching the most you know and he used his stick to make every save right so mm. uh with combination of dave evans throwing his body around and metke using his stick i would say that that was those were the two guys that had the biggest influence. Yeah, Dwight now coaching uh, with the Vancouver Warriors is their goaltending coach. And I see you. I know we're just talking audio here, Dallas, but you're on a Zoom call with us, and I can see your USA Box uh, golf polo on there. And, and you've been doing a lot of work with uh, the goaltenders at USA Box. Uh, that has to be pretty rewarding stuff. And, and I know you're big on the Instagram as well. We're going to talk about your YouTube channel as well, but – um, you're always kind of giving lessons on Instagram with, with footwork and stick position and body position and all these sort of things. And I think it goes to your coaching with USA Box. So how did you get involved with this? Was it was it Shaden that reached out to you? And and tell me about USA Box and what you're doing with all these guys. Well, yeah, Shaden reached out. And, uh, you know, they have a great coaching staff for the players. And they wanted to get their imprint with the us young, uh, the youth of the united states the goaltenders you know a lot of the young goalies are play field so they're great athletes they move around in the cage and they don't just stand there i mean you can't so yeah. uh, shaden looked to me and and figured that i'd be the guy to help grow the sport in the goaltending position and we're doing that you know we have this we have this great top secret project underway uh, but uh, well, the, we just saw our first uh, our first NLL USA box, the drafted goaltender in Moose Winery. I want to say yeah. I don't know if you had your fingerprints on him or not. No, he was there. Uh, he was under the tutelage of a couple of, I believe, a couple of the pro goalies have, have uh, worked with him in okay. the past. Okay, but uh, a lot of the kids that I'm dealing with are younger, and uh, we're going to teach them a more active style. Uh, you know, a lot of the goaltenders today, uh, whether it be rec or even pros, they say they can't move much because of the equipment. You know, that this that's a moot point with me. I understand, you know, the game has changed. You know, with the advents of lighter uh, aluminum and plastics, guys can throw the ball faster, quicker, harder. But, I mean, that applies, too, for the foams and plastics used in, in equipment. There's absolutely no reason for the goalies in today's game to be as big and bulky as they are. Yeah. So don't don't get, tell, don't tell Marty O'Neill getting... that. Don't tell Marty O'Neill that he, uh, well, uh, you know, Marty has a vested interest, you know, he's <laughs> has his gear, right. He had to compete. Yeah. yeah. Bodum. Yeah. Bodum was the one that I think, uh, changed the landscape of the pro game. Uh, I think when Cosmo was, was, uh, Bodum's or Cosmo was Bodum's, uh, rep yeah. and he, kind of he pushed the envelope influenced the rest of the goalies yeah. in the league to use Bodum. yeah he, he and he like i mean as far as goaltenders go he really kind of pushed the envelope as far as what he could get away with the flaring his pads and making them bigger and all the rest of it like he he put like and if anybody has gone back and looked at you in the in the mid to late 90s and what your gear looked like like <laughs> i still don't know how you stopped the ball like you're you're more or less just wearing like shin guards that are wrapped around your legs like a bat catcher yeah yeah well you know that really that's 
what do you need to protect your legs, right? Do you need uh, shin guards that are a couple inches shy of being the width of a hockey goaltender's pads? You know, I mean, that, the, Some that guys do. the game. That's just <laughs> Some guys oh, do, Dallas. You didn't. Not just protection, but to keep the ball out of the net. That's the advantage. Well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, that that's all going to change. You know, it's, it's all going to change. The wheels are moving now, so... It's One not going to happen overnight. It has to start with, with the uh, minor and youth of America. And that's uh, what our job, what our project is. Yeah. And one thing that, that Jake and I have talked a lot about on this podcast, Dallas, is the use of the, the wooden stick for junior goaltenders here in Canada. And I think the U.S. Uh, collegiate box leagues have gotten away from the wooden stick. I don't think Moose Winery was using uh, a wooden stick there. Where do you, where do you stand on thinking that that might be a hindrance for, for goaltenders coming up to the National Lacrosse League? Well, you know, the wood, uh, the woodies, a lot of the goalies you see using the wooden sticks, they have a real high throat and they fill up the entire five hole. And uh, for, for goalies that just sit there and block the net, hey, that's great. You don't have to do anything to make a five hole save. So it's, it, for them, it's a bigger transition to move into the pro ranks like and it's expect huge. to it's be huge, right, Dallas? Like a, to try and to try and get a, a junior goaltender that's been playing with an eighteen inch woody between his legs his entire life to all of a sudden say no no and then stick an NLL goal stick in between his legs and expect him to be the same goaltender and have the same success. Like that's that's impossible. Yeah, and I mean uh there are goalies that are, are again you talk about stretching the equipment limit or boundaries they've uh i don't know if you guys if you've noticed but something that really irks me are these guys in the pro league they have pool noodles on their shafts of their goal stick right right it's not a hockey paddle it's not a hockey goalie stick it's just it should just be the size of a broom handle and there's your plastic head Uh. so hopefully the league will step in and do something about that because that'll open up you know, that's the width of a ball. That's going to make a yeah. couple of saves every game. Yeah. 17 rolls of tape up the shaft is what we I can't. See. I can't even count how many goals I got taken away from me from hitting the butt end of a goal stick, man. Like I... <laughs> so is well, that... the butt end, that's one thing. That's a skilled uh, maneuver. I'm okay, talking okay. about that extra pool noodle down between the knees. Oh, yeah, you know, I got that's... you. I got you. So I think then if, if what you're saying is if the future of goaltending is, is, is more athletic goaltenders and more mobile goaltenders – they should be easier to adapt because they're going to be used to using their stick in a lot of different ways than the big guys with a ton of padding. Absolutely. I mean, today's goalies, they pretty much hold their stick between the five hole, you know, and, and even some of the coaches, the way they coach the game, you know, keep your stick down, keep your stick down. Well, that opens, if, if you're not wearing a ton of gear, if you look at some of those older films, I know I don't like talking about them. It's living in the past. You know, we'll talk about the YouTube channel. Mm. I just threw those up there for, for people to see what the game used to be like. Right. But uh, with the big wooden stick between your legs, if you hold that there, no one's scoring between your legs. And with the big bulky gear, they're filling up most of the net. Someone that's 5'10", 200 pounds when they step into an nll goal they're filling it up and that shouldn't be the case Uh, i was watching a game just today actually between toronto and and arizona i think it was the 05 final and mikey miron was in goal for arizona and my god like you could the four by nine net and you cannot see anything behind him he's so big as we speak yeah Go you ahead. know, Jake, sorry to interrupt no, you. That's, that's okay. great. I think if you're a big guy, a big dude, yeah. and you throw the gear on, you fill the net, that's totally acceptable. That's sure. But that's Mike Miron. He was like a tank, yeah, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, he was he was massive. Dougie Zach Lake back in the day. As we speak with Dallas Eliak here, God of Goaltending on Instagram, Hall of Fame Netminder 35 on YouTube. And I think that's kind of how we reconnected, Dallas. I started to see these videos pop up on YouTube, and it was like old WLA games and NLL games from the mill in, in the early 90s. Um, I had somebody ask me, so I have to ask you, how did you compile all of the all of these videos? Was it your wife like going to games and just videotaping them all? Like where did all this huge database of games come from? Well, a lot of the 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 old games from Canada, you know, they were on the local network. So I had I had set the VCR back in the day to record myself. You know, I was uh in junior lacrosse, I had a really good coach, Dan Mattinson. He's in the Hall Canadian fish. Lacrosse yep. Hall of Fame now, too. He introduced me to, you know, sports psychology and video. You know, video doesn't lie when you watch yourself in goal. So I used to set the VCR and record all the games that I could. And when I got to the pro ranks, you know, coaches have the game film. So I I kept all the film because I'd watch it and try and learn from it. So I had Tupperware bins filled with this stuff, VHS tapes and, you know, the they weren't doing me any good sitting in the basement, you know, eventually they'll all go dark and yeah. no one will see him. So I, after having my son, I thought, you know, he doesn't care about it now. Maybe at some point down the road, he might want to see what his old man did. And so I started digitizing them and just throwing them up there. You know, I don't have any, I'm not in it to try and earn money. It's the leagues, you know, it's the league's tape and film and it's just out there. It's, I threw it out there. So fans can see what the games used to be like, you know, some of those old WLA games, there's still mostly wood out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. A um, couple more minutes here with you, Dallas, before we let you go. And, and last one from me, but not a lot of guys had a whole lot of success scoring goals on you. Can you recall a, a guy or two that really seemed to have your number? Like, who was the hardest guy for you to stop? Oh, man. Uh in the pros, that's funny you asked me this. Uh, someone asked me this before. And I'd say probably Paul Gate gave me some trouble. So, right? yes, yeah, sorry, man. Yeah, we, we, the, we lost you there, but I was asking you who you had the, the toughest time stopping on goal, and, and Paul Gate was the first name out of your mouth. Yeah, he was one. He, uh, you know, he had the uh, arsenal of being able to fake and do every everything every which way, but he used to shoot the ball hard and bury it. So oftentimes he'd catch me kind of waiting, holding on for him to do something before shooting. He was one that gave me trouble. And then on the perimeter, uh, uh, I probably, you know, oh, man, there's so many guys. You asked me who gave me the most trouble. They all gave me trouble. How about the hardest shot? How about the hardest shot you ever felt? Bomberry, maybe? Bomberry is up there for sure. Kilgore, Darius Kilgore used to have a cannon, too. Yeah. He, he ripped my – he rung my bell in the championship. To this day, I, I honestly believe if, if I didn't get <laughs> us, we would have won that game. Wow. <laughs> Uh, two more quick ones for me here, Dallas. Uh, what current goaltender do you, do you watch tape on and, and kind of admire as as someone who's doing his craft really well right now? Uh, that's, uh, you know, so many of the guys in the pros, they, they have a similar style of play. I, uh, I, like, I like Dylan Ward that he uses his stick to make saves. You know, he steps way out. He's got that. He's, t- he's bigger than most of the goalies in the league as lefty, far as height. Lefty too, eh? Yeah. Dallas, he's a left-handed goalie. Yeah. Yeah. Lefties have an advantage for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the guy I, that I, reminds me most of you has got to be Del Bianco. Like, he, 
he reminds me a lot of you the way he plays goal. Yeah, I like the way he makes stick saves too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The young guys come in though, like uh, Pete Dubinsky, Riley Hutchcraft in, in Rochester. I think he's still in Rochester, but some of those young, smaller guys that are coming up, I, I definitely see the influence there with those guys. Yeah, you know, I like that. Uh, you said you mentioned Hutchcraft. He moves around fairly well in there too. And uh, Dubinsky, I hope he gets his chance to play. He's, uh, he's a good reaction goalie. Yeah, he's fun to watch. Uh, last one, I lied to you, Dallas. Last one here. From... I got one more too. I okay, got one you more go, too. you go, you go. This is fun. I, mine's not lacrosse related. Uh, best actor to ever played Batman. Oh, oh Christian, easily. <laughs> Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah, he, no, no he's my man friend. Funny, I uh, I watched American Psycho in the theater. I don't know if you got, have you guys seen that yeah, flick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And walking out of the theater, I I said to whoever I was with at the time, I said, "That's Batman right there. He should be Bruce Wayne slash Batman." And then a couple of years later, there you go. He gets cat. He, so I, it's, he's my dreamcast for Batman. There you go, yeah, Hall of Famer. Got, got that evil in him. Got that dark side. Hall of <laughs> Famer, Dallas Elliott. Last one here for Dal and. Our calls to the hall here. You're our fir- very first Hall of Famer we're talking to uh, in this new segment we're doing. And, and going back to your glory days in the Philly Wings and, and even in, in the MILL, the NLL, one guy that is not in the hall that you think really belongs in there? Kevin Finneran. Long I, overdue. Yeah, I knew you were going to say. Over- yeah, for sure. Tell me why. He, he came close to winning the scoring race in 98, I want to say. And, uh, and that was just unprecedented at the time, Gary and, and Paul and Tavares, they were all up there and he was like one, one or two goals away from winning it all. Yeah. He's, he deserves to be there. Multiple time champion with the wings as were you as well, Dallas. Uh, good to catch up with you, man. I appreciate your time here on lax class. Keep up the good work with USA Boxla and uploading those videos onto your YouTube channel. And we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on. I think it's a great idea what you guys are doing. Appreciate it. Uh, there was Hall of Fame Netminder 35, the god of goaltending, Brad Challoner, Dallas Eliak, and had a chance my rookie year in Coquitlam back in 1995-96 uh, to play with Dallas and, and got to play against him a bunch of times as well. Never got one past number 35 in an Adnac mm-hmm. uniform. No, and I, I my, my recollection, I was excited I got to call – at the very end of his WLA career, when I first started broadcasting, uh, he still had a couple years left in the WLA and, you know, 2007 man cup. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago with junior and he was, he was still the goaltender for Quinlan X. He was splitting a little time with, it was Chris Levis was sharing time with them at that point. Yeah. But um, yeah, even at that age and that point of his career was still one of the best to ever do it. And as he alluded to, like one of the most entertaining to watch, ever do it and yeah. a colorful character man i enjoyed enjoyed that chat yeah we didn't even get into his his mean streak like dallas he would anytime that he got an opportunity like if there was a breakaway ball and kind of a suicide pass where a guy was looking over his shoulder like dallas would come out and do the alexis bouquet and just clock you like he couldn't wait yeah. for and at, at 510 yeah. at 510 yeah. when he's coming at you full tilt with shoulder pads yeah. on yeah. look out Absolutely. That was a great chat there with Hall of Famer Dallas Elliott and, and Mike French as well. We got to take a break and get to the fourth quarter. Quick sticks and something else coming up here in episode 102. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. 
A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is Bradley Cree of the Toronto Rock. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Growing the game one podcast at a time. All right, Lacrosse fans, we are back. We are into the fourth quarter. Jake Kelly, Brad, Sean are with you. You just heard from the Vancouver Warriors. VancouverWarriors.com. Nothing's offside. Brad, I saw you retweet. I retweeted it from the Lax Class account last night as well. Steve Ewan penning out a, a nice article on what, what's been happening around Rogers Arena, Warriors Academy, uh, Chris Gill, Mitch Jones out there, the youngsters getting a run out on the turf at Rogers Arena. It's Warriors Week, by the way, uh, for the National Lacrosse League as well. So this ties in nicely. Uh, great article there from Steve Ewan about uh, the Warriors Academy, and, and this is going down all week. Pretty cool stuff here. VancouverWarriors.com, you should check this out. Yeah, being on the turf at Rogers Arena, getting to learn some skills and some fundamentals from Chris Gill and Riley Lowen and how to cross-check and fight from Matt Beers. Sign me up, man. These kids are, these I'm kids sure are lucky. I'm teaching fighting lessons from Matt Beers <laughs> to the 12-year-olds. Hey, if I'm hanging out with Matt Beers and there's something I wanted to learn from number two, it'd be how do you chuck them? Yeah. yeah. How do you chuck them? Or how to be a good dad. Okay. He's one of those. Or how, yeah, or how to be a quality leader and, and a great lacrosse player over the years. Remember – Remember Matt Beers in like intermediate in his first year of junior? Like I coached him. He was him. a he was a absolute <laughs> wild man. Oh, man. I'll he tell was you, an absolute wild man. He was one of those guys. He 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 was on the trajectory to have a career like uh like a Rory Smith. Yeah, you know, like he was oh, just fight out to do the dirty work a yeah. lot. And then I'm sure it was the timing of Kurt Malowski coming to Coquitlam, but completely changed his game and still has that aspect of him, but has become one of the best defenders of his generation. Yeah, he's, he's a mean piece of business. And, and I'll give you a quick Matt Beer story here. But, uh, you know, back when I was coaching intermediate, so it's, it's 17, 18-year-olds. And I think Matt Beers was, was 15, maybe 16. And he, he played up for me a, a couple of games as a midget player in intermediate. And, and it was kind of like, man, this kid's really raw, but he's like, he's hungry. And you could just tell, like, he just wants to, he wants to get better. And, Man, he just kind of forced my hand into putting him into the lineup for for provincials in the gold medal game. He did not disappoint, and he goes on, uh, you know, to win a Minto Cup as a captain in 2010 as, as a junior, and then goes on to win a National Lacrosse League title in his rookie year with the the Washington Stealth at the time. Man, what a kickoff uh, to his pro season, or pro career! And you're right, he's just like gotten better and better. Team Canada, like I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you don't well, make that squad without being pretty nope. good at lacrosse. Nope. So Vancouver's be, got yeah, themselves a real good top, leader. Got to be one of the top 10 defenders in the world to make that club. There you go. So VancouverWarriors.com. Check it out. I don't know if there's any spots still available. i got to get back in touch with uh, with Dan Richardson and and talk about all this. Uh, VancouverWarriors.com. Warriors Academy going down. Check out the website for all the details. Uh, we are now into quarter four, which means it's time for some quick sticks, Brad. And quick sticks, of course, 
brought to you by our good friends at Manscaped. And and we got some new stuff uh, on the way in the middle. The Weed Whacker is on the way here, Brad. But with autumn in the air, ensure you don't carve your pumpkins when you're grooming. Use Manscaped and the Lawnmower 3.0. Be careful. Your balls will thank you. They're now shipping in UK, Canada, Australia. Fans, if you haven't tried this stuff out yet, I can't encourage you strongly enough to do so. Use that pro- Manscaped.com. Use that promo code LAXCLASS20. LAXCLASS20 is your promo code and save yourself 20%. Free shipping as well. And your balls will thank you, man. Did you write that pumpkin line? No, I did. Or was that supplied? <laughs> that, that was supplied. That was supplied. That was supplied. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I know you too well. I know, not... I know you too well. That was just like a little bit too high on the clever scale. Yeah, that's that's your... No? That's your... Pun, pun, <laughs> puns are on, puns on normally your thing. <laughs> no, that's you. That's all you. Um, but I did do some manscaping. I've been really kind of getting into to the, to the revitalizer. You kind of turned me on to this stuff. I hadn't really been using it, but now I'm using it. And now I feel like I want to use it every single day. It's, it's that good. So oh, it, it becomes part of the routine. Yes. You get out of the shower and you a quick couple blasts and away you go. So help uh, reduce grooming accidents, uh, skin safe technology. They got the LED light. They got it all. And, and we'll, uh, we'll touch on, on the weed whacker uh, <laughs> when we get that thing in the mail. I'm looking forward to this. But I'm right, a little terrified, but yeah. it'll be well more stuff coming crop care kit uh they got the foot powder as well like i mean there's a whole list of things you can check out at manscape.com but just remember when you're checking out make sure you put in the promo code save yourself 20 percent. get that free shipping lax class 20 quick sticks here bradley and uh we got a decent amount of quick sticks here today i would say where do we begin? Uh, let's begin with the BCLA AGM, which took place. Uh, I'm trying to get uh, a link to watch this thing because I, I heard it, it got pretty contested, heated, if you will, over uh, the proposed age limit change to 17 for minor lacrosse. I think there was people on either side of it. It has been voted on finally by all the members and, and deferred until next year, and I and I think this is the right decision here, Brad. Let's get the long-term athlete uh, study back before making any hasty decisions here, but apparently, you know, there's some people on one side looking to kind of push this and make it happen, and, and there was just as many more, in fact, on the other side saying, hang on, let's wait a second here. But the BCLA AGM is now over. The vote is in, and they will wait. So this means that and after talking to Carl last week, Status means quo. that yeah, midget will stay where it is and junior will stay where it is for now, which I think is the is the right call. Absolutely. Absolutely it is, especially when there's scientific data coming down the pipe here. You gotta wait. Gotta wait. Benny wait, Boy wait gets hitched, uh, Bradley. Our our good buddy Ryan Banesh finally ties the knot. Man, I don't know if I've ever seen Ryan Banesh look happier than he has with uh with his new bride now man he's always been a pretty happy-go-lucky guy but like he just can't wipe the smell out this guy is deeply in love with his new bride he loved to see it yeah and and playing really good lacrosse with halifax with with more good years left in front of him it's like he's been revitalized not that he was ever tapering but he, he looked really good in halifax last year did a lot of things um on that club that he hasn't done before offensive zone lucy's come to mind and the way he hustled off the floor and i think mike kersey was a really good coach of ryan banesh and 
it's nice to see sort of a, a new lease on life on and off the floor. Yeah, just boys, so stay congrats. away, stay away from the headshots, and and that guy will produce for for years and years to come. Uh, PLPA update: We were supposed to have Reed Reinhold on this week. He pushed me another week. I get it. They they want to get all their ducks in order here and and make sure that they address the proper people before coming on. And doing any interviews or social media stuff. So we're still efforting Reed Reinhold, uh, new executive director. We will get him on hopefully next week. But uh, the vote is in. It's done deal. Zach Courier and Reed Reinhold are your new leadership group of the PLPA. That is confirmed. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, don't forget your team store. I'm actually wearing my Lacrosse Classified t-shirt today. In fact, go to Lacrosse Flash team store. Get your Lacrosse Classified classified t-shirts today what else do we got here on quick sticks oh the commission was on with teddy jenner and otcb and some interesting comments coming out of commissioner nick sakevich and in particular kind of reinforcing the the notion that the league is likely to start march most likely april and that uh 15 team team 15 is coming in short order here and potentially even team 16 for the 2022 season. So a couple of big nuggets coming out of the the, the commissioner on, on that interview. Yeah. And that team 15, there's almost a bidding war in whatever market that is. Mm-hmm. Like that market really wants one. And there's two different groups in market 15 that are competing for the NLL to be there, which is interesting. And then if I'm picking up little nuggets and little little teases. Him and Teddy were talking. Nick and Teddy were talking about um, the Hall of Fame. And one of the examples, Teddy was asking him about uh, if there's any chance of brick and mortar. And it sort of seemed to me that he was against uh, an, an actual structure housing the hall because he said, and I quote, or I don't directly quote because I don't have the show in front of me right now. <laughs> careful, but he said, careful. If you're a diehard lacrosse fan in Los Angeles, yeah. Jake Elliott, Los Angeles slipped out of his mouth. Mm. If you're a diehard lacrosse fan in Los Angeles and you want to see the Hall of Fame, you don't want to go to, say, Philadelphia or Toronto or New York or wherever. You want to have access to that. I just thought it was interesting that, that he, he mentioned LA. LA that a city all that the places, doesn't have a team. Not, exactly. Yeah. He could have said Vancouver, could have said San Diego, but he picked uh, Los Angeles. It was interesting. Mm. So yeah, we all- it was also cool to hear that um, – uh, that potentially if the borders are still shut, they really want to get this season going and that they're not ruling out a Canada US division. Yeah, I, keep, I honestly keep don't the players on the right sides of the line right now. I don't know how they do that because we and and like we've talked about this, Brad. Uh you know, more teams down in the States than in Canada, no question about that. But like eighty, eighty five percent of the players in the league are Canadian. So I don't know how you take a Canadian and put him across the line, which you can do for work reasons, but then he's got to stay there. And if mm-hmm. he comes back, then he's got to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. So the only real scenario I can see is everybody's coming up to Canada to play the games and they're going to stay here for a while. Or well, everybody goes sense. to the that States and they that play down there. makes more sense than everyone going to the U.S., but I just think that it's – you know, we talked about the bubble, but the markets, the in for the National Cross League, especially in markets and butts in the seats are so important. And I don't know if the right way forward for the league is to do it in one location. Because, no. you know, if, if you're I don't if know if they can you're two years away from San Diego or two years away from 
you know, Long Island, like that's going to be, that's going to be damaging. So you have to put people in the arena, get in market and, and remind people that, that you're there. You know, the more likely scenario somehow is maybe we see a bunch of, uh, you try to get as many players in market living down there for six months as you yeah. can. And if some guys have to miss a year or if some trades have to be made between Canadian American teams, at least we're still getting a season out of it. Yeah. I think they've discussed every possible scenario and, and they seem very determined to, to make it out, whether it's 25% of capacity in, in arenas, they got to make it happen. They can't go another year without playing. And, and I think they know that and they're going to make it happen. One way or the other. couple more quick sticks here before we get to something else. Uh, Team Ireland receiving a sportsmanship award from, uh, I should probably know the name of this, but for their uh, grand gesture of bowing out of, of the World Games in, in favor of the Iroquois Nationals. So shout out to Team Ireland for, for obviously doing the right thing. But, um, you know, congrats on them. They deserve all the accolades they can get. Yeah, 100%. That's a Nobel Peace Prize worthy Right there. <laughs> there you go. Um, voting day is coming, Brad. I'm not going to ask you who you vote for, but uh, I just want to reinforce to the people here to use your voice. Get out there and vote. No matter who it's for, just get out there. Cast your vote. I can't stress that enough. Do not waste your voice. Uh, and funny, funny side note, this is not a endorsement for or against one of the parties here in the lower mainland. Mm. There is an election going on in the U.S., the PLA thing last week, but we've got uh, here in, in the lower mainland where Jumbo and I both live, there's a provincial election coming up. Quit playing with your mic. One of the candidates, one of the candidates has two different commercials that feature uh, lacrosse stitch yes. and lacrosse family. Yes. So he's really swinging <laughs> for the lax rat vote here it, in the lower mainland. It works, man. Like I see it, I'm like, oh, that's got to be a good guy. He's got oh. a stick in his hand. He's, it's it always, it always, I always, I always laugh when people are like, oh my god, a lacrosse stick in yeah. a commercial. Oh, yeah, a lacrosse yeah. stick in a movie. Yeah. But then I'm the first one to react that way when I see it in a political. Like, oh my god, there's a lacrosse. It's stick. usually like in the corner by the front door like in the yeah, umbrella in the umbrella stand somewhere uh, in the laundry in the laundry room next to all the grass stained clothing yeah yeah in a bleach commercial um micmac nova scotia brad i have you been paying attention to what's going on here in nova scotia with the micmac and and their treaty rights being taken away there is some crazy violence and protests and just wild stuff i just want to say right here, right now, I support the Micmac and their treaty rights to, to be able to fish on their land. And, and what the hell is going on in Nova Scotia is just disgusting to me. There's It was an act of terrorism last week with one of the one of the plants being burned. Lobster, the yeah. Where they're housing their lobster. Like, it's absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. So I'm with you there. 100%. Yeah, I know this they're, is they're a... Being, they're, being, they're being targeted right now and they're being terrorized. And when I try to think about how we relate this back to a lacrosse podcast, um, I know the Halifax Thunderbirds have tweeted out a couple of things in support um, of the Micmac and their peoples there. So congratulations and, and well done for the Halifax Thunderbirds for, for making a stand in that direction. Yeah. I, and I know this is a lacrosse podcast, but for me, again, if we got a platform to, to kind of voice our concerns and opinions on things, and I don't think a lot enough Caucasians are talking about this and supporting this and and it's one thing to you know stand up for racism and Black Lives Matter and all that but this is happening right in our backyard in our own country Brad and, and it's just wrong and I think it's something that more people need to bring light to talk about address call out so 
I wanted to do that here today. A couple more things here. Craig Lemiski, uh, Johnny Lintz got in touch with me uh, a few weeks ago about a guy that he knew from Alberta that that wanted to. He's he's out in BC working and he's a goaltender. I don't know, like senior B, senior C goaltender, and he just kind of wanted to get in a run and 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 have a chance to take some shots. So I got him into this Facebook group uh, where all the boys kind of communicate what box they're going to, when it's all happening. And Craig got a chance to go to the legendary Smith box on the weekend with the likes of uh, Travis Cornwall, Robert Church, Reed Bowering, uh, some some heavy hitters out there on the weekend. Reed Reinhold, Travis Cornwall, Robert Church. And, and got to take some shots from these guys uh, at, at one of the best boxes in the Lower Mainland, Smith Box, and was just over the moon about it and, and couldn't be, have been happier about it. And I just, like, I just wanted to give Craig a shout-out. Like, this guy, like, it was like a dream come true to him to be able to strap on the pads and take some shots from the pros at Smith Box, and uh, I thought that was a real cool story. Yeah, I agree, man. Smith Box does it again. We've talked a lot about Smith Box yeah, on this podcast. Right it, so. it is a special... It is a special lacrosse place where any night of the week you can get NLL Hall of Famers, current NLL players, future NLL players, all all out there with uh, sticks and gloves and, and getting it on together. Like it's it's so cool. And there's not a lot of community. Yeah. I don't know if there's a place like that in New West. I was I was kind of calling out our Ladner box here. Yeah. It was being empty though. I saw Logan Shuss between some pitchers hanging out there the other day. But you know we don't have we haven't had that out here because we just don't have the generations of legends who can come together. So it's it's pretty special, and that's why Coquitlam churns them out, man. It's, it's all right there. Right on. A last one I got here on Quick Sticks before we get to something else is the XLL, Brad, uh, the Extreme Lacrosse League. I don't know if you saw this. I know you did. I'm just kind of playing with you here. The rosters and team names announced and. Man, oh, man, uh, I'm trying to kind of work on, on getting this thing at least like videotaped so I can upload the games to the following day if I can't stream it live, if we can't do it live. But four teams announced, rosters announced, uh, who, who's your money on? The Bears, the Wolves, the Taiyi, or the Skyhawks? I want to know how you divvied up the teams. Like, mm. was there an actual, okay, we have all these – list all the nll guys as a1 players and each team got you want to know how i did it once you want to trickle down because there's a lot of ladner on one team too like did the carpool guys all get to stick well no you know it's funny and and i'll just say it like i was responsible pretty much for for picking these teams i got some input we made a couple of trades after kind of the initial draft if you will but this is how i did it i i looked and i said okay who are the top four right-handed offensive players out of this list of 100 guys that I had? And I plucked and I put one of those guys on each team. Then I said, who is the best left-handed offensive player? And I plucked four guys. And then I went right-handed D. Then I went left-handed D. And then I went back to O. And then and I just kind of kept tearing it down, down the list. And it just so happened that a bunch of Ladner guys ended up on the same team. And then... We had to think of some names, and and for me, this was super important to me, and, and I wanted to do something that honored the First Nations and Indigenous people in some regard, and so I, I took animals, and I tried to relate them to the color of the jersey, so gray wolves, uh, black bears, red skyhawks, and, and with that, I managed to get a couple of land animals, a sea animal, 
and an air animal as well. So when you think about the creator's game and how everybody is involved and Cody Jameson telling the story of the bat and the and the wolves and everybody kind of being invited to play in this big game, I thought it was very, very cool to have an air, land, sea and and have these traditional indigenous animals as as team names. What do you think? Oh, and you didn't, and you, I, I love it. And you didn't make that decision in silo either. You thought no. about it and asked people their opinions and stuff and put some, some nice thought into it. So good, good on you, man. Yeah. And the tie, the tie, I can't take credit for the tie. I got to give Randy Cleft the, the credit on there. I was going to go with, with a different animal, but he said, you know, like, let's, let's, we started kicking around salmon names. And he said, well, the king of the salmon is the tie. That's like the, the porterhouse steak of, of beef. So, uh, that's how we ended up with Taiyi, and I was a little skeptical in that. Now it's like I think it's my favorite. And what about the captains? Why were the captains picked? Yeah, captains were – I just kind of thought who would be good at this and just kind of – like I asked a couple of guys. They politely declined said, no, I don't want to be the captain. I just kind of want to go out and play. A couple of guys jumped right on. So Ryland Reese, Connor Robinson, Travis Cornwall, Steve McKinley are your four representatives for, for each team. And these games get going, I want to say November the 18th. And while we're on it here, Brad, um, I talked to Kevin Mike Winkler at Stampede Tack a little bit here. And there's going to be two games per week. And if I can convince Evan to either teach me how to keep score or he'll volunteer his services, I think we fire back up who you got for XLL. What do you think? Well, unless we, we have people to watch these games. Otherwise, I'm just flipping a coin every week, and you're in the barn, <laughs> Mr. Commissioner, and all these rosters running back. Like, I will literally be flying blind. As oh, well the, man. As well the listeners of the podcast. So, like I said. I know, man. I think, I think who you got is sacred ground, and we keep it for we keep it for the National Lacrosse League. Because well, we, I think it's coming sooner. I hope it's coming sooner rather than later. We'll discuss. We'll discuss. And like I said, if I can't get it up streaming live, because I don't know if they have hardwired internet inside the arena where they're playing, it might just be Wi-Fi in there. But if I can get it live stream, I'm going to do that. But if I can't, I'm at least going to get it filmed and then upload it the following day so you can watch it. So I think we'll discuss. We shall discuss. I think that's it for Quick Sticks. We might as well do something else. Let's begin. Now, wasn't that fun? Let's try something else. Oh, let's try something else. Hey, Bradley, Jake, and the rest of the Lacrosse Classified listeners. Uh, Jim Else here. I'm very happy to have another week to do the something else segment on the pod here, but not nearly as happy to know um, that I have a sponsor, uh, G. Wilson Construction. Thank you very much. Sounds like you're a group of stand-up guys, um, just like I try to be. Getting right to it, I want to talk about anonymous accounts and burner accounts in the Twitter world. I've been on Twitter for a while now. I've Everything I've ever said on Twitter, I've said right there at at jml68 i've never backed off from a comment that i shouldn't make i've never i just say it and uh, that's what i expect from everybody else last week um, i challenged uh, garrett apple's position on uh, holidays in the united states and i had a clown come at me uh, that just uh, he doesn't have really anything to say just say it with your your name just put your name on it buddy and uh, let's go let's have that talk other than that i just ignore you you're a clown i shouldn't even have replied frankly i don't even want to i i won't mention the name if they come on your feed don't be afraid to block them 
mute them, do whatever you do. They have no real voice because it isn't them talking. Nothing I've ever said I wouldn't say right to someone's face, be it good or bad. That's, that's just the way I am, and I think that's the way it should be. Don't be afraid to block those guys or mute them or do whatever you do, uh, but, but they sure don't have a valued voice uh, in my world anyway. So uh, when you hide behind the curtains and you're a coward, just just don't hit send on that tweet. Just uh, go back and, uh, and go, put your pajamas on and go to bed. So, uh, thanks for having me on again uh, another week this week. To talk to you next week. Take care. Good times. Ciao. So there you go, Jim Else and something else brought to you by G. Wilson Construction, an award-winning firm with a single focus, building fine custom homes all over the lower mainland, uh, even down the south occasionally. Blair Wilson, G. Wilson Construction, just had a birthday, did uh, the boss over there at G. Wilson. Upload your resume today, start your career in the construction business at G. Wilson Construction. Dot com. Well, uh, Bradley, anonymous burner accounts. Uh, we finally got Jim to to kind of go at somebody here, and not particularly. We don't want to. I don't want to give this this clown any attention as far as his Twitter account either. But this is something that has bothered me on so like social media is great for a lot of things, but it's also a cesspool for a lot of things. And and burner and anonymous gutless cowardly accounts are one of the things that just really turned me off of social media. And, and I'm glad Jimmer addressed this. And uh, funnily enough, one of these one of these guys just got outed by somebody. And, and watching him squirm and scramble now to try and save his reputation has been, I don't know, a little bit joyful, quite frankly. Yeah, I don't know, man. You're right. It is, it, it's, it's a turnoff big time because I think in the last year, since people have been home, people have been out of work people have been isolated like it's gotten worse yeah it has. You're right. it's like a, it's a full-time job for some trolls it's disgusting right and yeah twitter's become every time you fired up now i'm like oh what crap am i gonna read now or now there's almost like a fear of like who's gonna come at me if i say something or what are the rebuttals gonna be in your checking the notifications because yeah trolls are absolutely everywhere and it's a time-honored tradition it's not like this is a new thing it's just gotten it's just gotten worse and it's making it it's making it less enjoyable to go on there, especially as a sports fan, because that's usually who lives. That's what Twitter is really catered for nowadays is kind of sports and news, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, what? I, I just think it's, I it's, really it's have a solution it, for you. It's so it's that the USA right now is so divided, right? Because of this election coming up. But this and, is why they're divided because of yeah. social media and because of anonymous trolls who can polarize things and pull people in a certain direction. Yeah. But you can't you can't police it because then you're policing people's freedom of speech, no matter how disgusting it is. So what what can what do you do? Uh, you, what do you do? You just, that's why we are here, or that's why we wanted to focus on positivity a little bit earlier in the show today. Yeah. I think that's what people need, and hopefully. The positivity outshines the nastiness at the end of the day. Yeah, and and listen for you know Garrett Apple and, and his happy Columbus Day tweet and and all that BS. Like I, not that I have any respect for the guy, but I'll respect somebody that at least has their name on it and and tweets something out like that rather than some guy hiding behind his keyboard and a fake account putting something out. So my advice: How do we deal with it? How do you how do you avoid it? Block it and move on don't reply don't engage block move on and get on with your day don't give these guys any kind of fuel that's what they want and i could certainly take some of my own advice right there i 
sometimes enjoy a little bit of a Twitter beef as much as the next guy, but uh, I got to do a better job of kind of controlling my emotions on, on social media sometimes as well. I can get pretty triggered, and, and uh, that's exactly what the trolls want. So um, that's on me as well. I got to be better, but that's my advice. Block, move on. Don't let that stuff suck you in, and I need to listen to myself as well. So that was something else and a good one there from Jim Ellis. He'll be back next week for episode 103 and another edition of Something Else. We will be back next Tuesday as well right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. We appreciate you so much for listening each and every week. We can't thank you enough. It's so humbling to me each and every week to kind of come on here and get to do this for you guys. So I just want to say thank you to our listeners once again. For tuning in every single week, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can follow Brad Chow on Twitter at Brad Chow. Brad Challoner on Twitter at Brad Chow. I am at PXP for sports. The show is at Lax Class. If you're not on social media, that's okay. You can still find me via email at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. You got anything else before we get out of here, Bradley? Uh, no. Have a great week, everybody. Again, um. As kind of Jumbo just said, it's a long off season. It's going to be a longer off season, but there is light on the horizon, and we got to keep we got to keep the fire burning. We got to still talk about the league. We got to still promote the league and support the league so it can be there and ready to flourish when we're when we're ready to come back. So, thanks for listening, boys and girls. And we'll talk to you uh, to next Tuesday. Peace. Nice little uh, flourish drop in there too. I like it. Uh, of course, a massive thank you goes out to our wonderful sponsors and Stampede Tack, the Warriors Associated Labels and Packaging, G. Wilson and Manscaped. Don't forget that promo code Lax Class Twenty. For now, we are done. Big thanks to Mike French and Dallas Elliott, and to you, of course, the listener, for checking out Lax Class. We'll talk to you next Tuesday right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. For Brad Challoner, I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet. For the creator. Be safe and be healthy, everybody.